Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Good evening, you are watching Inside the Locker Room with your co-host Brian Mosalem alongside my partner, the Honorable Jason Strayhorn. How are you doing today? I'm doing fantastic today. Looking very snazzy today, Brian. I like that. It's an improvement. I, I can clean look up. Look at that. I can clean up. The coat. I mean, the shoes. You look good me today, baby. Two and a half years to save for to buy this outfit, but I can clean up. Two and a half years. <laughs> <laughs> Is that from all the, the the work on the trust, the board of trustees that you did, pro bono? Oh, that was. Uh, it was fun. That was. Now, it, now I, you got. I'm 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 doing the same kind of thing now with the uh, the state board of education. Just had a nice barn burner meeting. First time in person today. Five hours. Woo. Unlimited speakers. More, more, way more. I mean, it's probably still going, but I had to, I had to get here with you, babe. You well, know, my work to... with the people is never done, but I have to be here with you today, and I'm happy. I, it's a pleasure to be here. Yes, it I'm is. I'm glad you're here, too. Glad yeah. you made it in one piece. <laughs> Thank it's, you. It's good Thank to hear. Thank you for caring. We've got a jam-packed show today uh, discussing many topics. Uh, one starting with, uh, later on, we'll be joined by uh, former U of M great John Jansen, who is a co-host of uh, Stoney and Jansen on the ticket. Uh, Michigan Sports Hall of Fame. Michigan Sports Hall of Fame. Member. Played for that team down the road. <laughs> He'll be joining us at about 8.30. So Michigan. We're looking, we're looking forward to that. Uh, tell some old stories about gonna be, gonna be awesome. why they hate us and we hate them. And that's it. It's just, it's, we're it's just okay. going to get into a brawl that's, we could. right on the air. We very, we very well could. Very well could. So many cop- topics to cover today. Um, first leading with, um, we had an interesting week this week. Um, did we? We sure did. So yeah. we had uh, Michigan State University's athletic director, Bill Beekman, has decided to step down. Yeah. After three years. Getting right into it. Yes, he did. I mean, like, tell, what happened there? I mean, that just kind of came out of nowhere. You know, that's, that's just typical Bill. Yeah. I mean, that's, you know, in quietly, out quietly. That's just the way... That he does things. Now, you've known Bill for quite a while because he was he worked with the the board, right? Yeah, he was a board secretary. Okay, he was okay. there eight years. Okay, and then um, you know uh, he stepped in after Hollis resigned, and you know he he steadied the ship. I mean, it was three years; it was very tumultuous. Uh, he yeah. you know hired Mel Tucker, led us through a pandemic. Um, his you know his legacy uh, will be intact. I think he did. You know, he's just a quiet, unassuming guy. Went in quietly, left quietly. Yeah. So he just got, he's over it? That's it. He's <laughs> over it. He's moving on. Yeah? Yeah, he's going to move into another role, working on strategic initiatives. Okay, th- tell me exactly what, uh, what that means, Str- strategic initiatives at Michigan State. That means to be determined. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. That's my At least assumption. you're honest. I... That's my assumption. Right. I don't know. Okay. But, you know, but... All right. So he's moving into a new role, yeah. and, and now... 
there's a search committee being formed, right, to figure out like who the next AD is going to be. You know, I think I think uh, I think there is. You know, I'm not quite. You, in, in in times past, usually a, a search firm is hired, mm-hmm. and then a, a, an internal committee is put together, and uh, from there, usually the process would be where um, you know they would bring finalists to the board for a final interview or come to the board with a recommendation, depending on uh, which process, which title it is. What is this committee? Committee who? Who's the committee? How come we weren't called for the committee? We're not part of the university. Oh, anymore. you have to be a part oh, of no, the No, we're Spartans. No, no, I, I, I'm sure they're going to put a committee together. Okay. I don't know if it's been formed yet, but I'm sure they're going to put it. And I know this process is going to move pretty fast. It's gonna Isn't take... it some kind of a search firm, some kind of a consulting firm yeah, or something there, that's there, being hired? There is a search firm that's hired. And, okay. And then, you know, usually, usually search firms are brought in because of their expansive Rolodex and their ability to reach out and have long tentacles across the country. So, you oh, know, sounds like a resume deal. Well, are we going to monster.com? Well, I mean, that? this is, this is, you Glass know, door? I mean, these, there's pros and cons to search what are we firms. Doing? Where, where? Search firms, there's pros and cons. Okay. They come and they have a Rolodex and they have people all across the country and they reach out to, and they've been in this game and they, okay. you know, they know guys that are interested and quietly can approach them. Um, but the flip side of that is, is that, uh, are we just looking at resumes? If we're just looking at resumes, the committee that's built internally, if one is built, do they have the skill set to question the search firm, to ask the right questions and understand you know, what exactly we're getting into? I mean, these are all questions that happen and evolve every time, especially when a high-profile position uh, gets, uh, gets involved. Right. When you're talking about an athletic director position being open, Brian, as a, a former board of trustee member, uh, would you like to see someone on this committee that obviously there's going to be people from academia because this is, you know, an institution of higher learning. I get that. But is there going to be people that have sports knowledge on the committee or do they I mean, you care? Would, you know, you would hope so. I mean, you would hope so that there are people on the committee. You would hope that uh, mm-hmm. Coach Tucker and Coach Izzo has, have input. Mm-hmm. You would hope that there's former coaches involved. You know, I know one thing from the board level as a trustee. Yeah. There were two things that I never wanted. I never wanted surprises. I never wanted to read about it, okay? And I wanted complete transparency. I wanted the public to be updated along the process. Because when you do that, that you leave things, you, you don't leave things open for conjecture. And then what happens is if you don't do that and there's rumors swirling and all these names flying around, then you start getting as a trustee the text messages and the calls and nonstop, and you got a day job. I mean, you're a volunteer. You're a volunteer, so you want to be... You don't want any surprises. You want complete transparency with the public, okay? And you want to be kept. You want, you, want, you want the communication to be kept. You want to be in the know and communicated with regularly on where we are in the process. So tell me, like, who's people that can influence this particular process? Like, I mean, I'm hearing all kinds of names swirling around out there. And, you know, I, I mean, I'm even hearing about our, our previous athletic director, Mark Hollis. You know, look, we'll, we'll, we'll get to him in a second. But, uh, but uh, if you want to talk about c- candidates and you want some inside information, in which I lifted from Chris Solari, but don't tell him off the free, freep.com. Oh. Uh, you know, just he knows. So, He's an insider for I sure. Mean, so, so just excuse me, Chris, I appreciate your article because you helped us out a lot. But uh, just some <laughs> of the names that are being thrown around, right, are um, the uh, Martin Jarman. The UCLA AD, you got Doug Knuth, the AD at Nevada, Sean Fraser, uh, the AD at uh, Northern Illinois. You got David Heek, who was 
the former AD at, uh, at Central Michigan and East Lansing native. You got Heather Like, the AD at Eastern from Eastern, from Eastern at mm-hmm. Pitt, and then you have an internal candidate by the name of Alan Haller. And so, you know, these are just names that are floating out. Nobody knows for sure. Nobody, you know, nobody knows what the next step is. And but Jarman started out at Michigan State, correct? He did Jermon. and so he he was a guy. He's a Michigan State guy. He's got a good resume. African American, right? Yes, African black male, mm-hmm. and he went over to Boston College, I believe. He did go over to Boston College, and okay. then um, he was uh, under. Uh, he went to BC after Ohio State or before Ohio State. After Ohio State, and then he went to UCLA, and he's the AD at UCLA, and so he's got a pretty hefty price tag. I mean, his salary is a, is a is a pretty big number. I think he's making one point four. So if you're gonna get, you know, if you're gonna go after somebody like that, you know, and we are gonna. From all from all indications are there are this will be a national search. This will not be a dog and pony show, and this search will be national and it'll be done the right way. Um, so you know names are being thrown about and uh, you know we'll see. With well, the intriguing one, obviously, is somebody that we know very well. You know, internal candidate. Uh, oh, by the name of Alan Haller. So he's uh, he's we love Alan. Yeah, yeah. He's a, he's a brother. I mean, There's no doubt about it. You know, he's a Spartan dog. Guy played at Michigan State. He's a, a Lansing native, you know, uh, went to J.W. Sexton High and played at Michigan State, went on, was actually uh, in the Michigan State University Police Force for a while. Yep. And has been in the athletic department for quite some time underneath Hollis. Under Hollis and then under Beekman, under you Beekman. know, and so he, uh, he's got, Alan Haller has what it takes, just as an outsider, personal opinion. I mean, Alan Haller has what it takes. No uh, question about it. Uh, he's got the experience. He's worked on special projects. He's hired two coaches. He's been a major, heavily involved in the hiring of Mel Tucker and Mark D'Antonio. And so he's, you know, he's got, he's worked on special projects. He's worked on um, uh, facilities design. I mean, he's got a lot of, he's got a lot of the, um, the, the credentials that you want. He knows Michigan State. He's from Michigan State. Is that good or bad? That's to be determined, right? I think it's a good it's thing. It's a great thing. Yeah, I think it's a great thing when you understand our culture and understand our people. Um, so he has, you know, that's the candidate that we know, right? I mean, we're a little, you know, we know him, so we're able to talk more about him. Um, yeah, wasn't there a video put out? I think there was a video that, that a lot of the former Spartan athletes have endorsed him. Uh, it's been on YouTube. It's been put out this week. It's got over well over a thousand views and counting. It's growing like by hundreds by the hour, and and they all you know took the time to express their their great endorsements for Alan Haller. I mean, some of them are very detailed. I mean, you got greats like you know Ike Reese, uh, guys like Flozell Adams um, that that have spoken out publicly about Alan Haller and how he's a perfect fit because. Uh, as you said, they know him, they understand, and it's one of those situations where it's time to give the guy an opportunity. You know, we understand that it's going to be a national search, but like give him, give him a fair shot. You know, I that's think I think, I think that's all you can ask for, right? Is a chance to compete, and uh, I think he'll get it. I think he'll get a chance to compete. Hopefully, nobody, well, nobody else tries to pollute the waters what do you mean Um, by that well i'm just saying you know there's been there's been a lot of rumors and banter going back and forth and i mean i'm just going to be you know pretty pretty honest with you here that uh you know mark hollis has been polluting the waters i mean word is and he's called several donors who've called me who's had comments about you know alan and um very interesting that uh in terms of experience and stuff and i i think 
I think we're getting a, a step ahead of ourselves. What's the point of that? I, I, don't, I don't know the point of that. And that's why I felt like it's important to bring it up. Because, you know, Mark Hollis, for some reason, from day one, from the day he left, do we have footage of when he left, guys? Do we have footage of Mark Hollis when he left? I know it's a lot of controversy when it it's happened. Coached by administrative staff, coaches, many student athletes, and most importantly, my wife Nancy, my children, over the course of the past week. They are all incredible people, amazing Spartans. I've always been a Spartan, and I always will be. It's been an absolute honor to guide the athletic department for the last decade. That being said, today I'm announcing my retirement. This was not an easy decision for my family. And you should know, and you should not, you should not jump to any conclusions based upon our decision. Listen to the facts. I'm not running away from anything. I'm running towards something. So, so there you have it. I mean, Mark Hollis re- re- resigned. I mean, he, he walked away at Michigan State's darkest hour, all yeah. right, in the eye of the storm. Mark Hollis decided when, when, it, when the going got tough that he got going. And mm. since then, and, he, you know, the board has received countless emails in the middle of the night from his wife about Beekman and some cover up and Beekman this and Beekman that. From and his wife? What do you mean? I, I just, you know, there's this, there's been this thing about Bill Beekman and why is he the AD? And it's, it's well, not only that, you know, it's, it's poisoned donors as well, too. There's been donors that have been told not so positive things about Beekman as well. And I just, I don't understand if you are a Spartan and you love Michigan State. Right. No matter who the AD is, without question, you support that person. You do whatever it takes. Whoever is in that position, we're all Spartans. And if you like, don't like the next AD, whoever it is, if we don't, Jason and I don't agree with, we're on board 100 percent because we bleed green and white. We bleed green and white. And that's what we're doing. We support Michigan State no matter what. You know, I saw I witnessed all the Beekman stuff I hear from donors and then then I see him trying to pull make Michigan State the battleground for UWM and Rockets uh, uh, oh alleged, man that's a serious fight right alleged there man feud. Yeah, you, yeah you know you, you don't you don't force your corporate sponsor who is Michigan State University to come out and issue a correction to a statement about renaming the basketball program number one you don't try and what you talking about, man? What, 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 do, you, what, do, you, what do you mean, the, the uh, uh, correction? Yeah, the MSU had to issue a correction when, when they announced a partnership and a sponsorship. That confused a lot of people. It confused me. I didn't understand it. I know that there was an announcement coming, right, from uh, Matt Ishpia. So they're, they were renaming Ish donated his money. What did he donate? Ish, Matt Ishpia had the largest donation in university history, $32 million. Okay. Okay. Uh-huh. And that's, that's during money, that man. week, during that week, there was a sponsorship that was already negotiated and signed, sealed, and delivered for the Breslin between Hollis's firm. And during that week, uh, he want, they wanted to make the announcement during Ishbia's week to announce it. 
So I was watching so, that, and I'm and I'm like, what do you, what are we doing here? This is we're all Spartans. I oh, mean, so they're trying to like shut it down a little bit, like, who, like kind who, of dilute it, whoever, dilute the yeah, whoever was. And so okay. I, I was. I mean, I know everything that was going on, and so like, here's what great Spartans do. You want to know what great Spartans do? Great Spartans like Matt Ishbia. You know the first thing that he said. Here's what he said. He said, "I hope to be the second largest donor. I hope Dan Gilbert comes and gives more." That's what great Spartans do. They don't make Michigan State the battleground. Make a friendly competition. They don't put MSU in the middle of anything. That's what they do. Mark Hollis, you got that D Business Journal article, that quote? Throw it up. Can we show that quote? Nothing against Bill Beekman, but I didn't retire so that he could become athletic director. Now, what great Spartan will do that and say that? I mean, we're, we, we went to Michigan State. We love the university. How does that help the university? How does that help Michigan State? And the reason why I'm speaking out today is because uh, this polluting the waters for potential candidates, internal candidates, is unacceptable. We're all Spartans. Let's all get out of the way. Let the process evolve. Let everybody compete. And may the best man or woman win. And that's really what needs to happen. Amen to that. Every one of us. And whoever gets that job, every one of us has to get behind. I don't care if you agree, disagree, whatever it is. You get behind that candidate because you don't burn the forest trying to burn a tree. And if we're all, Coach D'Antonio said a long time ago, everybody, if I can get everybody going in the same direction. And this is what we want, everybody at that university going in the same direction. And everything that we have been through at that university and all the trials and turbulations. Uh, this is one process that we need to allow to play out, that people need to let, let, let the process go through. This will be a national search. There will be, everybody will get a chance to compete, hopefully, and may he or she win. And whoever it is, I know we're going to get behind. That's well, what we're going to support. And so I think like those are things that need to be said. I mean, it's very, it's very, very important to me that that we all get behind all that stuff. I mean, you've been in a bad mood for a couple, about a week now. I mean, talking about this stuff, and you know, I, I'm just sick of hearing th- about it. Yeah, I'm sick of hearing about it. I'm sick of getting calls from donors, from other people, former from players, former players. I'm just sick of it. I'm sick and tired of all the comments, all of this, all of that. Because at the end of the day, w- w- we need to support our university and and get out of the way. So. There's one thing that I learned at the university, all right? Only one. Well, there's one, th- one major thing, <laughs> that we are all temporary placeholders of, a, of an institution that will live in perpetuity. Every one of us. We will all come and go. Nobody is bigger than the place. Nobody was bigger than the place. Nobody will be bigger than the place. And if you don't have that mindset, you're at the wrong place, quite frankly. You're at, the, you're at the completely wrong place. And so it's extremely important that every one of us understand. When, when I was a trustee, I knew I had a title, and I knew the title was fake. I knew who would call me the minute I wasn't a trustee, and I knew who would continue to call me and talk to me after I, I was no longer on the board. I mean, I knew what was real and wasn't real. Yeah. And some people lose sight of that. <laughs> I mean, I still had to talk to you no matter what, man. You know, well, we go back. <laughs> <laughs> I, I really didn't want to talk to you when you were a trustee. You, you know, your head didn't fit in the room, but it's okay now. You're 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 cool again. And nothing like, hey, let me tell you something. You lose an election, but you just 
Yeah. Nothing should ever change you. It shouldn't. Nothing. We're Spartans. That's We're right. Spartan dogs. And when you attack a Spartan dog, you attack one, you attack us all. You attack them all. It's, it's, it's just that simple. There is no in between. And so that's why I felt compelled to say something today. Like this bullshit, this bullshit games that we're playing, they have to stop. They have to stop right now and let everybody get out of the way and get everybody a chance to compete. Everybody get out of the way, including me. Everybody. Those are, those are, those are just my feelings and my take. I'm going to flip this table over right now. I, I feel it. You know I, mean? I think, you know, hey, man, hey, you're saying a whole lot right now, man. I'm feeling, <laughs> hey, get out the way. All right? Well, Let the process handle itself. Well, I think, you know, well, you know. I mean, it's, it is, and it hey, will. Man. It will. Hey, hey, you know, you've been, you know, you, like I said, you're in a bad mood, hopefully in a good, better a, mood now. I'm in a good mood. You know, because it, it just bothers mind. you. It does. I mean, you, you did get a lot of the calls. You don't divulge all the things to me all the time, you know, but um, this is, a, this is a, something that obviously we all care deeply about. We all want the right, the best for the university at the end of the day, and, uh, you know, I, I'm I'm happy that you look. Th- were this, able to this get is this a out. this is a very high profile hire. Yeah, okay? it is. And you know, for fair or not fair, uh, historically MSU has had a has had a reputation, so called, of of meddling in processes. And very political place. You know, when you're when <laughs> you be, huh? when you're on the when you're looking at things from the inside, then you're you're upset because you're the ones getting the calls, and you're the ones you know, and people are not being, you know, the, the nobody, the public isn't being kept apprised of what's going on. I mean, the best thing is to be transparent. Here's the process. Here's what we're doing. Here's how long it's going to take. Here's who we hired. Here's what we think. Now you want to keep the candidates private until the final. I completely understand. People have jobs. People uh, are in current positions. They they might have applied or come uh, uh, with uh, confidentiality that that I can respect and totally understand but I think it's also very important that we keep the public in the loop about what's going on and and uh, you know so that there is no things left open for conjecture because if you if you if you do that if you leave that because you know I heard Robert Sala say a great thing the other day he said when there's a lack of communication negativity fills the void and it's true I mean it's very very true communication is key you know, but Always speaking can. of communication, Mel Tucker and Michigan State. And, How about that? Huh? The camp is opened. Camp is open. We're talking about some real football now, huh? Camp is open. It's football we are season. Here. Football season's I here. I mean, little leagues open, high school, colleges. Look at them. Look at that. Not my, not my son's little league. That got shut down for a week. What? Yep. What happened? Nine. We got a couple kids got COVID, and so they shut it down. Oh, for a no. Week. It's not real, man. I, I just had to hear that. You know, for the last you were 12 at the board hours. It's not real. It's not real. No yeah. one's died of it. Well, you see, I mean, Mel's got a turned over, practically crazy. turned over half the roster. How many new players does Mel have right now? 40 plus new players on the team right now, which is unbelievable when you think about the 85 scholarship limit. You only usually get about 15 to 25 new guys. And because of COVID and some special circumstances, and Mel Tucker coming in, opening up a can. Hey, man, he's been able to flip the roster, and they've gotten bigger and faster, for sure, more talented. Um, very excited to see those guys when they get you know, in their scrimmages and getting ready to play the first game on the road at Northwestern in a few weeks. Have you been to practice yet? No, no, I haven't been to practice. Let them, let them get their, their sea legs underneath them at first. You know, It's going to take a couple of days. And these are the dog days of summer. It's 90 degrees right now at 7, 8, 8 o'clock at night. 
You remember those days, man? Two oh. a days. But they they don't beat them up like they used to. Like when we were playing, I mean, they whooped on us. Two a days, full pads, back to back to back, and now there is no back to back two a days. And if they do practice two practices in one day, one of them is kind of a walkthrough without so, full pads. So they're smarter. We're we're smarter, kinder, gentler football this is their in first, America. This is Mel's first full camp, you know, so it'll be uh, interesting, a lot of growth, a lot of change. You've he's re- replaced turned over half the half the team and he's putting together a hell of a hell of a class here coming up 2022. I know, right now ranked in the top 15 on most websites, you know, you talk about your rivals 24/7 sports, a top 15 class for 2022. Uh, coming Michigan off a 2-5 right. season. Coming off a 2-5. I think the, the, the recruiting mojo is, is, is working for Mel Tucker right now. And let's see if he can have continued success all the way through signing day. Obviously, that's yeah, the only thing that matters. Yeah, you got to get the signing day, right? You got to get the signing yeah. day because, you know, one of the things he said <laughs> uh, that I thought was real, real, real cool about Mel, he said, you got to recruit your players every day because if you're not, somebody else is. That is, that is so true. Almost man. like marriage, isn't it? <laughs> I'll tell you. I love you, babe. I'll tell you, he is. Uh, In case you didn't know, Alicia, he really loves you. Uh, absolutely. He told me before the show. Trust me. Uh, 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 every day, I tell you. Yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> thank you. Oh, her. How about her. Oh, her. Come on, man. I you, were about you? Yeah, no, no. No, I, I can take it and leave it. So, you would get, you have any predictions for MSU football this year? You know, I, I think Michigan State this year is going to be a bowl eligible team. You know, I think that a lot of the experts are saying. Three wins, four wins. I think that's the over-under when you look at Las Vegas. But with the new talent. Three wins and four wins. That's crazy. Yeah, three Who's and a half. Who's saying that? I mean, uh, those, what, Street and Smith, all these guys, man, all these magazines and websites and Twitters, uh, they all think that. You're coming off a two and five season. We don't have a quarterback. You don't have well, a running back that's we got proven. two quarterbacks. You don't, uh, well, we, we, we know that, but they ha- it's not proven. Not proven. Okay. So you, until you prove it, then this is, this is what happens. You're not going to be preseason number one. That's for Bama, right? <laughs> I think they got 65 out of 67 or 63 out of 65 votes uh, for coaches. I wonder pre-season why. Number one. <laughs> I wonder why. They just keep reloading. <laughs> I don't know. They kind of you know, they got a thing going down there. But, I, mean, I wonder why. You know, this is a, a coach is cut from the same cloth. I mean, he's found that he knows how to model the program similar to what our old coach Nick Saban has done, and you know, I, I know that we've got you know Michigan State opening camp, Michigan's opening, all the all the Big Ten's open right now. I know the guys over there in Ann Arbor are having fun. We can't wait to talk to our buddy here in a minute, John yeah. Jansen. Yeah, John Jansen coming up here at eight thirty. Have a great talk with John, but uh, we're gonna go back and forth a little bit about the programs and and see the state of uh, their program and get his insight on stuff and uh, he's got great insight man I mean, he, he's he's been a part of that program for a long time played with Lloyd Carr and man he you know, played love, with a couple me, good guys I mean he Lloyd had some Carr's, guys that he played with the guy gold jackets this weekend too yeah, yeah we'll talk about that Hutchinson oh man Woodson, Woodson. <laughs> I remember 95 he was a true freshman and in our place Remember Woodson? That? Yeah, and then we beat them. Yeah, he was. He was Woodson went up with one hand and almost made the. That was 97 where he p- made the pick. Yeah, 95. But in he 95, it. he tipped it, and Derek Mason caught it. And for I the thought big third down that conversion. tip, I thought, was one of the greatest plays I've ever seen. I could not believe he was a true freshman. I think we were actually standing next to each other on the sideline. You I, remember I that? I was point? on the field, buddy. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. See, you walked right in. Come that on, one, man. 
had a different viewpoint there. I was on the field. <laughs> 95. I was next to Flo Zelda Hotel. Yeah, it was red I shirt. I was next to Flo Zelda Hotel. <laughs> who's Holiday still, Inn. still one of the biggest human beings I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, yeah, ever. that's right. I mean, he blocks out the sun. He does. But that's our guy, though. That's our man right speaking there. Speaking of another big human being. Joining us now on the show and inside the locker room is a U of M great offensive tackle, a consensus All-American, I believe, three-time All-Big Ten, played 10 years in the NFL, uh, national, won a national championship with Nebraska. We've got to put in there with Nebraska. <laughs> oh, uh, man. That's yeah. a low blow. And currently now is co-host of, or with Stoney on Stoney and Jansen. John, how are you, buddy? Uh, I'm going to pull out my national championship ring here. Oh, boy. <laughs> oh, boy. Make there sure we go. Say anything about another program. Let's see. I got, oh, there it is. Good Lord. I can't believe I didn't have it handy. Yeah, that's uh, right Let's there. Let's on that puppy. Look at all them diamonds. Look at that. Woo. It, it doesn't I, say I don't anything see anything about, about Nebraska. Nebraska. I mean, what? How you going to do that to the guests, man? I don't know. I know he's from know. Michigan. I mean, dang. Big Ten. Well, Nebraska wasn't in the Big Ten back then for the no. youngsters. No. no John, no. It's, a co- it's a co-share. It's okay. It's, 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 it's co-share. Co- yeah, at least we have one. Yeah, li- you do. You look at him, pull out my. You look at him, pull out my Liberty Bowl ring. <laughs> uh, how you guys doing? We're doing, doing fantastic. Great, man. How you doing? I'm doing all right. It's always good. Hey, we get to talk about real live football, not if we're going to have it or is there, you know, what's going to happen? Are we going to start in October, September, spring football? We know we're going to get real live football. I couldn't be more excited. Why are you yelling? Because he's excited. You're yelling in my ear. You need to get excited. Just like you were excited about Mark Hollis, you got to get excited about football (laughs) season. (laughs) Absolutely. uh, John, how you doing, buddy? Have you been to uh, uh, practice at all to Michigan's camp? Um, I've I've seen a couple of non-padded practices, um, but I haven't had a chance. They look to fantastic. See don't don't they all look great in non-pads? Oh, around? everybody looks. Yeah, everybody looks great <laughs> without the fast, pads on. Crisp. Yeah, they look fast. They look healthy. <laughs> everybody's at practice. They're on time. Nobody's so, nobody's moaning, and uh, it's just a. Uh, but you put those pads on it, it changes things. It really does. You find out the uh, you separate the men from the boys. Yeah, you do. Everybody's got a plan until they get hit in the mouth. Everybody, you know. <laughs> so, John, I got a question for you. You know, this is a uh, this is unique. So, growing up, I mean, really over the years, every year, I see Michigan rank, you know, top ten or fifteen usually preseason, and God, as far as I can remember, I I don't ever recall the preseason. Uh, how low they've been ranked in the preseason, uh, um, like this year. It's it's because you, you you know I've never seen they're like in thirty five or I mean they're they're not even in the top twenty five in some polls and it's, um, you know, will uh, will they use that as motivation? How will they take that? Well, they have to. And honestly, you know, we have dominated the off season for you know the better part of two decades, and that really doesn't mean anything. It doesn't get it done. And hopefully, this is. This is a return to way it used to be where you, you you don't have that top 10 ranking or that top five ranking. And you're thinking, do they respect us? Do they know what's coming? And the players can use that as motivation. And they should. You, I don't care if there was COVID or not. You go two and four in a winged helmet 
And I, you know, it doesn't mean you, you don't need anybody to tell you you're not good. You can look at the film and say, we didn't have a good season. That should be enough motivation going into this, this college football season. Now, when you think about, you know, the, the, the program and where it stands right now from a fan's perspective, I mean, there's a lot of chatter. People are like ticked off, you know, when, with with the consistent losing to your rival in, in Ohio State. And Ohio State seems to be, you know, a team that's got it going from the recruiting aspect. Uh, they're, they're getting to the college football playoffs. And then you look at the teams that when you played at Michigan, how they recruited. You know, the guys that you played with, the guys like Charles Woodson and Steve Hutchinson from Ohio, Mr. Football in Ohio. Steve Hutchinson's was from uh, New Orleans, right? You, you you had those the the draw that now Ohio State is and what is Michigan doing in order to try to get at least to a level of being able to compete with an Ohio State Buckeye program? Well, you've got to be able to first of all win the recruiting battles in your state, but then you you've got to be able to recruit win the recruiting battles in within your footprint and that footprint for both Michigan and Michigan State, Notre Dame, Ohio State should be the state of Michigan, state of Ohio, and the state of Pennsylvania. You're going you're gonna, to every once in a while, you'll dip into Wisconsin, you'll dip into Illinois. But those are the three states that you've got to find a way to win more recruiting battles than you lose. And when you bring in a guy like Mike Hart, who's got great, obviously, lineage at Michigan, all-time leading rusher. Hey, come on back. Let's coach the running backs. But, you know, he when he was down at Indiana and in his coaching tenure, he has been, you know, identified as one of the top recruiters in the country. Bring him back, Ron Bellamy, who just won a state championship here at West Bloomfield. You would get a chance to have the, you know, the relationships that he has built in the state of Michigan and the ability, the youth that he has, the energy that he has to go out and recruit. That is where Michigan really needs to pick up what they're doing. Um, and then you look at just the, the average age of the coaching staff. Uh, you know, Mike McDonald is the defense coordinator. You know, not even talking about what he can do on the field because we don't even really know yet. But these guys are young. They're energetic. They're going to be in high schools. They're going to be at games. It, the recruiting is – it can be done by, you know, older coaches, and, and they, can, they can still do it. But it is a young man's game because it is, you know, 24-7, 365. There's no break. You know, you're absolutely right about that. You're seeing the college game get younger right because it's 24 7 365 and you're seeing a lot of the older older coaches head to the nfl i mean every every nfl coach that i talk to that's that's what drove them to the nfl from college is and it's getting worse i mean the the, the recruiting is non-stop it's just relentless uh, i want to ask you so last year um how many guys how many guys you guys have come off the board and get drafted there was uh, a oh. seven um, was guys yeah, seven or eight guys. Yeah, yeah, seven or eight guys get into camp. Uh, you know, get drafted or get into camp, um, which is striking to us, right? That uh, a two and four team can have, you know, seven. Yeah, that or much eight, talent. Yeah, that much talent. Mm-hmm. Uh, what 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 do you attribute that to? What where? Tell me where where is the breakdown in going having seven eight guys going to the NFL and going two and four on the field? Well, some of those guys were opt-outs. Uh, Nico Collins, who was drafted with the Houston Texans, he didn't play at oh, all yeah, last right. year. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the uh, the right tackle uh, or left tackle, I forget his uh, name right now, Jalen Mayfield. Um, you know, he opted out, then opted back in, then got hurt. There were some guys that are of that. Cam McGrone got hurt. Um, you know, Quiddy Pay got hurt. And you can't use those as excuses because at Michigan, if you're – 
if you're going to say you're a top program, when those guys go down, it's next man up. you got to be able to fill that void, whether it's a leadership void, it's a talent void, it's the expectations for the position, not the player. And we just weren't able to do that. Aiden Hutchinson, who is still on this yeah. went down in the first couple of weeks. I mean, they got hit hard with injuries. But again, all that is is an excuse. And it, it, you've got to find a way to replace that talent, to replace that leadership, and still be able to move forward and win ball games. I mean, you got Aiden Hutchinson going down. Quitty Pay. Those are two pro level. I mean, top. What? What? Aiden Hutchinson's a guy. So they're talking about the top ten pick yeah, yeah. in this year's draft. You mm-hmm. lose both of those guys. I mean, you're just not to that level, right? You got to have a deep program in order to replace guys like that and not miss a beat. That's the thing about the recruiting that we talk about, and that's what John is, is touching on right now. Is that you know, with with depth, that's next man up mentality. When you have you know, guys that are pro caliber, then your second or third teamers eh, aren't at all to that level, then, then that's where you, you see a big tail off when, when injuries happen. I mean, no one you wants to use them as an excuse, but they are real. Well, and, and I can't even imagine you guys this year with having, what, 45 to 47 new guys on the <laughs> roster. I mean, you're going to be sitting there on the sideline going, wait a second, number 44. Who is that? Uh, yeah, who is who? that? Who's coming in 44? I, yeah. I, oh, yeah. A 100%. It's, it's crazy how football has changed and how fast it's going to keep changing with – you know, obviously now NIL in the mix, but with the transfer portal that came in, what, three, four years ago, and it totally changed the way that recruiting was happening. And then you have the immediate eligibility uh, that that went in and that in and of itself changed everything. Now you have those things compounded with name, image and likeness. And, oh, I'm not getting paid enough here. I want to go over there because they're promising me this money and I could be eligible. It is it is it's a lunacy to me because i mean jason you, both of you guys when we played w- yeah. would you have ever thought about transferring i mean if things were hard you're just like all right i'm going to i'm going to tighten these up a little bit more i'm going to tighten up that chin strap and i'm going to find a way to get on the field absolutely i mean we talk about that now every player yeah. has thought about hanging them up yeah. at some point yeah you know, yeah. when you when, when you when you're going through those adjustment periods, like, well, is this really worth it? Am I good enough? I good? Can I make it? You know, all coaches on your co- on your butt, just railing you. Who was your old line coach? Hanlon? Uh, was it uh, Jerry? Oh, I'm not that old. Or, I'm not that or old. Or less, less. Was it Les Miles? Les Miles was my my yeah. my line coach my my freshman year, and then was Mike DeBoard and Terry Malone. And when well, I Terry's walked good dude. in the locker room for the first time, I looked around and I thought to myself. Man, I better get good grades because that degree is going to mean something. (laughs) (laughs) Ain't no way we're getting on the field. That's just what happens when you walk in a locker room of major college football as an 18-year-old kid. I walked into 245 pounds. As an old lineman, too. Yeah, and I'm looking around going, These are grown men. My body's never going to look like that. Yeah, but and you come in as a for the most part, it never did. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like, come on, second round draft pick. Second round yeah. Yeah, well, come on yeah. now. Yeah. <laughs> it may have worked, but the body never looked like some of those. <laughs> <laughs> no, but you're right. You come in as an 18-pound tight end or even offensive lineman, right? And you're looking at these grown men, and you're like, oh, my God. You know, I remember I'm, Brian DeMarco. Oh, he, he had three, four kids yeah, and a yeah. wife. yeah. Benching like, five hundred, yeah, smoking yeah. and drinking, smoking cigars and drinking beer. I'm like, yeah, Dad, that, these we, are grown men, Dad. 
What, what happened? I, I, it, was, I, it was great. It was I scary. remember going to his house for his baby he had and bringing him a box of diapers, and he was so happy he that was? we brought him diapers. Yeah. So, so John, real quick, tell me about um, where is college football going? Transfer oh, portal, NIL. Oh, you brought up I mean, what stuff. the hell? Are we alignment? What the hell are we going to – what is going on? I really believe we're heading to two super conferences. And mm -hmm. if – uh, if you guys know where the Big Ten commissioner is, you might want to tap him on the shoulder and say we need to do something or at least hear something uh, because right now the SEC, obviously they made the first move. It doesn't mean it's the best move or the last move or they're, they're way ahead of the game because the Big Ten is still the richest conference. But at some point, Kevin Warren, hopefully he's picked up the phone and he has said – Okay, you know what? We're going to look and we're going to take maybe one or two teams from what's left of the Big 12. Now let's look out and say, okay, who from the Pac-12 do we think fits the athletic and academic side of things? Because let's face it, at some point, we are already on the East Coast with Maryland and Rutgers. And we're in the Midwest with Nebraska and Iowa and Wisconsin. And, and you know, you're at some point, you're going to be coast to coast. Why not be the first to get there? Because you got you got schools like USC, Stanford, Cal, uh, Washington, who do fit the parameters of what we expect in the Big Ten. It's not yeah, football is huge and that's great and that's you know we all we live and die by you know what happens in the fall. But there are so many other sports, basketball, and then you start looking at you know swimming and diving and baseball and volleyball, all the things that the Big Ten excels at other than just football. And then you go to the academic side and say, you know what, we want to be that academic conference as well. And we are. There's a standard that you have to live by when you're in the Big Ten. It doesn't matter what, what school you're at. That's where I think the Big Ten is heading. The SEC is gonna is gonna continue to add teams as well. So we need to we need to just look at it and say, you know what? Let's do this expansion in the Big Ten before we get to that grant of rights, which comes I think it comes due in 2023 when we can redo all of our TV contracts. The Big Ten has all the leverage in the world. The SEC, I think it's it's like 10 or 12 years down the road. The ACC is is like 15 years away. Pac-12, same thing. The next big one is going to be the Big Ten, and they're going to be able to pull all the strings as long as they play the cards right. Wow. You talk about expanding to the West Coast and getting to two super conferences. So you're talking about a real – you're talking 2023? That's rapid. Uh, you know, uh, growth as far as the conference I mean, is concerned. I, have to, I mean, I, I have to agree with you. It's going to e e eat or be eaten. Yeah. I mean, the way that we're going, and you're going to see, I mean, you're going to see, you know, I mean, you're seeing high school kids now taking deals. Uh, you're going to see players like Jason was talking about next, last week because their endorsement deals are so big, uh, yeah. saving their scholarship for somebody else. Uh, you know, this thing. I mean, could, you see the high school kids are reclassing. They're reclassing yeah. to get. Yeah. Yeah. Reclassing. Yeah. Ohio's Forward. Huge. Graduating yeah. early and leaving high school for going my senior year to go to college wow. at Ohio State wow. so I can grab this million dollars. That's what yeah. he's doing. Do yeah, you because in Texas they're not allowed NIL doesn't cover high school kids, so he can't get paid as a high schooler. So he's going to reclassify, make sure that he can capture all that money as a freshman in college. Now think about for Ohio State, right? They've got you know what is it C.J. Stroud who was a five-star recruit. They've got yeah. um, uh, you know I think they've got three guys in there that were 
at least four, if not five stars. They got more stars in there than they know what to do with. But that's where you get to when you have when you when Alabama has a quarterback that hasn't started a season, started a game, and he's already a millionaire. That is where programs like Michigan, Michigan State, uh, Wisconsin, where we need to take advantage of now we can all do that. How do we find a way to get the kids legally in legal endorsements and and get that recruiting and you start to draw some of those four and five stars because they're not all going to, you know, there's only one football, right? There's not all going to play down in Ohio State. There was a kid that was at Ohio State who ended up transferring to uh, LSU who was pretty darn good. Yeah, he wasn't bad. Yeah. He wasn't bad. Yeah. He, he, only had the, he only had the best college season I think I've ever seen in my life, ever. I have never <laughs> seen a college football. Joe Burrow, I remember calling him after a Clemson game, and I said, I've, I've never, ever oh, seen man, a he, college player he was spinning it. What it was unbelievable. The year that he had was un. I mean, he was throwing dimes, absolute dimes. Let me ask you this: um, You know, Ohio State, for lack of a better term, has professionalized the sport. I mean, they've for years. I mean, really, they've they're you know, it's a factory, right? It's like you're coming here, you're per, you know, you're gonna we're gonna have X amount of first rounders. There's gonna be X amount of five stars behind you. Um, where? Where is the University of Michigan in relation to that? And, and are, are the expectations of the fan base too high? Uh, no, the expectations of the fan base can never be too high. I mean, the, the, the expectations should always be a Big Ten championship. It should be a national championship. And those haven't been attained. But where Michigan is right now is they haven't found a way. I mean, the professionalization that Ohio State has, has gone through, it didn't, it didn't come just from Urban Meyer. You go all the way back to the John Cooper years, and, you know, you've got guys that, that are, you know, Ricky Dudley at tight end. You've got, you know, Heisman Trophy winners. The difference is at that time, Michigan was able to find a way, even though we may not have had that much, as much talent, as many stars, you still find a way to beat it, whether it's game plan, it's execution, it's it's just pure emotion. Or, you know, it, I know Michigan State has been able to do it. You just got to find a way to to win those games. Jason, you all right? He's great. I'm, I'm doing great, man. We got our first injury. Hey, we got we got we got a long session we today down day. at the Capitol. We got our first injury. It's about it's about ninety seven degrees in here. He's, so we get him like, hey, these so electrolytes. Look, get hey, some Gatorade. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We gotta He's get Ivy. Ivy, get a yeah. trainer. Yeah, you gotta. Make you sure ever seen he, that before? Thank yeah, you, John, you ever heard that? You don't have to wear pants, right? I mean, if you're gonna stick down that long, you can't be wearing pants. <laughs> He's cramping. <laughs> hey, hey, man, look. I ain't gonna just act like it ain't nothing going on around here, man. Jason, I'm with you. It's a big man's problem. Yeah. Right. Oh, yeah. Hey, speak for yourself. Yeah. That's exactly what happened. That's why you lose 100 pounds. So, <laughs> oh, 100 so you don't cramp yeah, on set. Here's Fabio. There's Fabio. You're right here. His haircut. <laughs> he wore at least he wore a jacket, John. You know, you should have seen him on the other show. I can't. I he, that just made my day. We got our first injury on set, ladies and uh, gentlemen. Injury. <laughs> got, no, 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 no. We got. We just, got just, are we ten ninety nine? We're not working. Just hurt, not injured. 
We coach, go. I'm ready. Put me back here. I'm ready to go, coach. Where? Oh my. So, let's so, talk about. Let's talk about though your your teammates, man. Getting the uh, the, the, the gold jackets, though. Sit down. No, let's talk about that. I can sit down. John, you got so so. Woodson, how is it playing with guys that were future Hall of Famers in Charles Woodson and Steve Hutchinson? You know what it. Uh, Woodson, you, you kind of knew, right? He In his football career, he was going to be a Hall of Famer. He was just the best. When he walked on campus as a freshman, and you know this, you've seen guys come in that are actual, absolutely athletic freaks. But there's a difference from actually being able to go out on the field and do what you're supposed to do. And Charles Woodson, from the moment he stepped on campus, he was the best athlete. He was the best football player. He knew he was going to go out there. We knew he was going to go out there and dominate football games. And going to the NFL, it was no different. You kind of anticipated and expected he was going to have a Hall of Fame career. Hutch, honestly, it was kind of the same way. He came in as a defensive lineman. He was on the meat squad his, his freshman year. And, you know, it was – he was just out of place. So as soon as he moved, moved over to the offensive line and had that guard position, you could tell that he was just like his body. He was a bear. And he was just built to be an offensive guard. That's why God put him on this earth. Yeah. And yeah. the career that he had at Michigan, the career that he had in the NFL, is, you know, it it's almost second to none. I'm not gonna say he's the greatest of all time because that Michigan guy will go into the Hall of Fame probably another what, eight or nine years. But we had three guys on Try that twenty team. years. Yeah, I think Mike Peyton said twenty thirty five. Yeah. Penguins at 2035. We had three Hall of Famers, and we had a wow. number of, of other guys that are just, you know, had great NFL careers. Jeff Backus here in Detroit. I played you know, over a decade. Um, we just had guys that that loved playing the game of football, and that's what made that 97, you know, national championship team so special. I mean, think about that. So you had three Hall wow. of Famers on your college team. Yeah. Bonafide. Once Brady gets and, inducted. And then you, you played uh, with Detroit for a year, right? And you you're played at, with Megatron. Or you're at Washington. You, played, you, you, play, you know, I'm talking, yeah, yeah. Washington was where you yeah. got drafted. And you played 100 years there. And then at the end of your career, you go to Detroit and you play with Calvin. So you, you've been able to play with four Hall of Fame players. Probably it's, more than that. Anybody yeah. at Washington? Yeah, Daryl Green. Oh, jeez. Yeah. Well, oh. Daryl Green was still playing. That's right. He played for 48 years. Yeah. I remember that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah. He was, uh, I think he was playing before I was born. Darryl. And I got to be his teammate. Uh, but That's yeah, outstanding. I, I've been very fortunate to play with some, you know, like to be able to go against Bruce Smith uh, oh, for a wow. couple of years in Washington and, you know, to learn from him and watch him how he studied the game. And at that time, I didn't understand why he didn't always practice, but later in my career, learning how to manage your body and watching him and what he was able to do. Uh, you know, Chris Samuels, who came in a year after me, uh, watching him study the game, watch him move. I just had a great opportunity through the course of my career to play with some great athletes, some great football players, and some great teammates. Well, I'll tell you what an experience. Uh, what and obviously, like, you know, all of us say the things we miss the most is the camaraderie and the locker room and the friendships, right? I mean, there's all the, the brotherhood, the bond that's created, you know, but uh, uh, what, what great moments in the NFL at the Redskins, uh, like, what are, some of your, what are some of your greatest moments when you played? 
Oh, boy. I mean, I, I remember, you know, running out on the field the first time. Every time I, I took the field, if they called your name and you got a chance to run out of the tunnel, I, I, I wanted to sprint out of there as fast as possible just because that's how I thought you were supposed to take the field. That's how I, I felt like I was, you know, giving the respect of all those that had played before, played after. Um, and I remember that every single time I had that opportunity and how cherished that was. I remember, you know, I probably remember all the bad things more than I do the good. Marty Schottenheimer, who was, you know, a, a tremendous NFL coach, was only my coach for one year. We started out that year 0-5. And, and then we ended up the last 11 games going 8-3. and three. And the lessons that we learned, the bonds that we built that year of being able to stick together, I mean, to this day, other than the national championship team, some of the guys on that team, because we went through so many hard times to finally have success and should have made the playoffs other than, you know, a couple of mistakes that we made as a team, that is is what you're saying, is the, the camaraderie, the bonds that you have of going through hard times, celebrating the good times, um, and then, you know, getting the chance to play with just some unbelievable players. And then one of the great highlights of, of my life and my career was being able to come home and play for the Detroit Lions. And I know everybody says, well, that's that that seems like a it wouldn't be your dream. I wanted to be drafted by the Lions. This is my home state. That's why I went to Michigan. This is my hometown. That's why I love doing radio now in Detroit. I had always wanted to play for the Detroit Lions. And then finally being able to wear, uh, you know, Honolulu blue and silver was it just was an, an absolute treat because my parents, my high school coaches, my high school teammates, friends could all come to the games and we could celebrate, uh, you know, not just what I was able to do, but what I was able to do because I had so much help along the way. I'll tell you what, you were um, you had an outstanding career. Uh, let's go back to college for a second. To Lloyd talk Carr, baby. Lloyd Carr's a good oh, man. I love dude. Lloyd Carr. Oh, you got, you got to give us a good Lloyd Carr story. Oh, Lloyd, Lloyd Carr. Great people. He, he always, like, you know, when I go through life, I think, you know, when I have a, a, a tough life decision, um, I think, okay, you know, how would Lloyd handle this situation? Because when I was at Michigan, and you guys know, we, we, we know all the stories that happen behind the scenes, the things that nobody hears about or knows, guys getting, you know, caught doing something stupid, whether it's breaking curfew or, you know, you know, drinking a little bit more than they should. And, you know, we had some of those guys. Do tell. Yeah. yeah. Just <laughs> <laughs> hey, nobody watching. Go ahead. We got like 19 yeah. people watching. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the player uh, shall remain nameless. <laughs> but but how you know, like me was, now? Lloyd always had the right answer, the appropriate answer. He didn't overreact when it when it wasn't called for. And he didn't underreact. He didn't underpunish guys just because they were superstars. It didn't matter. And he always seemed to have the right answer. And we had, um, I'll give you one story, and, and Lloyd loves to tell this story. We had a couple of guys that had, uh, um, they had a party in their dorm room. And the, you know, the party went off without a hitch. The next, in, in sometime in the middle of the night, there was an electric cord that was running underneath a rug and it sparked and it lit their room on fire. And in the, the morning paper, the Michigan Daily was a picture of their room and it, in the middle of it, it was all charred, but was this bright, shiny head. 
And I mean, you couldn't have had worse luck, right? In electrical cord shorts, you have a great party, you don't get caught, and then there's a fire, and all of a sudden you end up on the front page of the Michigan Daily. Oh, no. You know what? Those two guys at the time, you know what? They were kicked off the team, which doesn't always mean you're kicked off the team, but there's a certain. There's a certain something, a, a payment that you've got to make. And yeah. they had to get up and walk the stadium for 60 days. Up and down, 100,000-plus seat stadium. And they made every single one. Lloyd Carr was there for every single one. And we had a, a junior or senior that was on that team that was present at every single one. And this is like 6 o'clock in the morning. Saturdays, Sundays, it didn't matter. But I tell you what, that was before the 97 season, and that unified our team. He took what could have been tragic for two guys. They could have been kicked off the team, never to be seen or heard from again, never graduate from the University of Michigan. And he used it as an opportunity to unify our team. And it just, again, it was just Lloyd Carr being able to see that, hey, we're college kids, we're going to be stupid, we're going to make mistakes, we're going to do great things, and we could celebrate those as well, but it's it's being able to have the right answer at the right time, and not everybody is built to be a college coach. Not every coach, they may be great, but they're not always built to, to lead young men. Yeah, no, I totally... Well uh, said. Well said. Yeah, Did, I mean, yeah, don't throw the guys away. Give them an opportunity, man. That's 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 what I mean. Lloyd Carr is about that. You know, Nick Saban has been about that. Yeah, in his career. George Perlis was about that. Oh, you yeah. know, because you know, you, you everybody deserves a second chance in life. You know, but tell us about Michigan State in the locker room. Did you did you hate us as much as we hated you guys? How was it before a Michigan State game? Tell the truth. Uh, like, yes, uh, not so I did. Uh, <laughs> Who did you hate more, Michigan State or Ohio State? You know what? That's all. That's always the question that that we get. And if you grow up in the state of Michigan, if you have to live here 365 days a year, and you've got a neighbor who's a, a low down, dirty Spartan, then then you learn that that game is the most important game because you have to. You've got to wake up. You've got to open up the blinds, and you see that that block S. You're like, what? It, why do I have to look at that every single day? And you want to make sure that you return the favor, that Michigan, when you win, all right, you don't need to go out and brag about it, but you're going to put that flag out. You're going to wear your block M. You're going to wear your Michigan gear. You're going to wave things around so that they know. And in the state of Michigan, you can't ride the fence, right? You can't be, well, you know, I don't really know if I'm a Spartan. Yeah, 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 yeah. no way. You know, I mean, come you're on. Not a fan. You know exactly what it is. And so the, it, that game is alive every single day because everybody in the state of Michigan is on one side of, whether they're here or or they're or you know they were born and raised here or if they're an, a, a a transplant you pick a side and that is exactly why that game in the state of Michigan for those that were born and raised here that is the biggest game you know what he said was something interesting though is it the fan base it's the it's the opposite team's fan base more so than I think the actual players because you know yeah we don't like you guys when we're on the field to play that's just how it's going to go but it's really the fans that that piss you off the fans are the ones that drive you absolutely mad especially the, those Walmarters you guys got over there you know <laughs> yeah. you guys yeah. got of the hundred thousand ninety eight ninety nine thousand. Ninety-eight thousand two hundred and forty-two go to Ann Arbor probably six times a year. 
Yes. If you if yep. you count, you know, but you you you'll take them. I mean, we'll take them all too, right? I mean, that's just the way it goes, you know. <laughs> I mean, the guys are making fun of our degrees, and they I, haven't even graduated from high school. Some I, of them. I, you know, that was the, the right. The, that's, uh, and that's always the response too, right? It's it's when somebody gets on you and they're telling you how bad Michigan State is or Michigan is. You kind of look at them. You're like, oh, oh did you go there? Like, yeah, all my, the time. That's, all the that, time. That's, yeah, I ordered that, this online. I got it from Amazon. That's exactly right, because when somebody who didn't go there would say, and re- when they're speaking to me, would say, we, I'd say, whoa, 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 what do you mean, we? You mean they? <laughs> they got French. Who's we? <laughs> See, you have earned that right of saying we. Absolutely. Because you you, you went, to, went there, graduated there. Played at a high level. Represented your university with class, and we're... we're are we proud of him? Yes, we're proud of him. Absolutely. I, okay, we're proud of you. Yes, uh, we're, yes you know we what? are. If you don't have, like, there are some states that they all they have, like Oklahoma, right? What do they got? All right, they they've got Oklahoma, and you can say Oklahoma State, but they don't have two great storied programs. We have that here in the state of Michigan with great pride for the Spartans. Great pride for the Wolverines, and that's what makes college sports and college football so special. Is you wake up on a Saturday and you, you there's it's okay to say the word hate. All right, this is one of those environments where you can say the word hate. I can go out there and I can hate the person across from me for three and a half hours. I can want to destroy them for three and a half hours because that's fun, because there's passion behind it, but there's also a bit of respect. And when that game is done, Jason and I, hey, we can now go grab a beer. I, Tony Banks was a great teammate of mine. He mm-hmm. was a quarterback of that team of Marty Schottenheimer that I just talked about. We can go and we can talk about, hey, some of the great matchups that we had. He was the quarterback in 95, and that's the mm-hmm. only year I lost to him. And he likes to bring that up. And I said, yeah, well, I won the next three years. And he says, well, I wasn't there. That's why you won. <laughs> that's why you get a chance to go back and forth. That's what makes yeah. it so special. I agree with Tony. I wasn't there either. I was there for 90, no, you were, you were 93 there. and 95. I wasn't there for 96, though. Okay. So that's okay. it. But, hey, John, thank you so much for joining us, man. You're first class. We wish you all the best. Absolutely. And man. we, you know, it would be disingenuous to wish the you guys good luck. So <laughs> I hope nobody gets hurt. That's all we're going to say. Yeah, leave, we're, leave it we're, right there. Hope nobody gets hurt. Unless nobody gets hurt too bad. Hurt not injured. Uh, Hurt not injured. Thank you. You are the best. I appreciate you, John. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen. We got John Jansen here. Thanks a lot, John. Appreciate you. We'll catch up soon. Good. Well, that was great. John's good people. Great uh, host of Inside the Trenches. In the Trenches. In the Trenches, yeah. Yeah. Got a nice podcast, too. Stoney and... uh, Jansen, uh, Tony and Jansen. He yep. got to get man. He got to get up like On three in the ticket. morning, man. Oh yeah, no, thank you, no, thank you. Yeah, anyway, we want to thank everybody for joining us tonight on our uh, third episode of Inside the Locker Room. Thank you very much. I am your co-host Brian Mosalem, alongside Jason, Jason Strayhorn. Good night. God bless. Your 
Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. 